Riding once again, Gray and Mark solo this time, which it's interesting. We've had a long run of guests, Greg. It's been great. But truth is, a lot's going on in each other's lives. We could interview each other. Or we could just talk about time of the day. We could talk about how jealous I am of that latte that you're drinking. Fuck yeah, look at that. That is a thing of beauty. Oh, my goodness. You don't drink coffee? Some- I had some mushroom blend stuff that was supposed to not be coffee. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I had a really productive day. And then I, when I looked at it, it's like, fuck, it had caffeine in it. And I'm like, well, of course I got jazz on it. But it wasn't the freaking mushrooms. You know, it was like wonderful it was, caffeine. It was some mushroom blend masquerading as if the mushrooms had something like caffeine in them, but they didn't. But they did. They just, I didn't need the mushrooms for the caffeine. The caffeine was secretly hidden in the realm of the mushrooms. And, you know, I had a good time, but I was like, can't eat this anymore. Damn, that's awesome. So, what are you going to do with it? Oh, well, we had been given a little bit of it as a thing. Like, oh, our Kathy's friend was like, oh, this is great. I love it. Right. I quit coffee. But and this is great stuff. And I'm, I'm like, really? And she, Kathy's like, yeah, we found this thing. It's not there's it's caffeine free. Blah, blah, blah. And then we were sad to tell her. We we're like, oh, guess why you love it so much? Uh, it has caffeine in it. And she's like, oh, damn. <laughs> hey, are you? I- one of us, I think, is experiencing internet issues. Well, what I know is I did all the things. Okay. That's because I also, what? It is that day of week where, and that time of the day where we have internet issues here in my neighborhood. It doesn't seem to be anything I can do about it because like last time we got together at a show, I did all the things, restarted the computer, restarted the modem. I mean, I could do speed test right now and tell you what I'm running. Let's do that. You know, like with um, Mari, who just went live last on Monday, I noticed, like I said, you cut out at one point and you guys were like, what, really? And it actually didn't cut out when I listened to the recording. So it was me. It was on my end. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> hey, are you so my, my speed test is currently telling me that I'm pushing 17 megabits per second upload. So that's theoretically, it's not me. Yeah. All right. You know, well, I'm, now that we've covered the signal of our podcast. What's been yeah. happening with you? I heard you recently rapped on a film project. Oh, I rapped a while ago. It was the premiere he showed of the short Rewind that I have a starring role in, which I'm very happy about and grateful so the for. Ro- it's, it's called Rewind? Yeah, and it's spelled R-Y-W-I-N-D. So Sunday, uh, he invited cast and crew and some family to... hang out at his home, have a barbecue, celebrate, and watch the premiere. And uh, it was a wonderful day. My three children joined me, and first we went to Winchester Mystery House and did one of the tours there. And I always love going to that house. It's incredible. Before we talk about that, let's stay on Rewind. 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 Got it. I understand. Rewind or rewind. So, uh, yeah. And then um, we saw the premiere and I was super stoked about the whole vibe. Um, 
there's parts of my performance that I was like, oh, I wish I did that better. But there were also parts where I was sort of unnerved. Where I was like, oh, that kind of got me. So the editing was really good. And um, my eldest, she was like, because they offered to watch it again. My eldest was like, no, once was enough. And she doesn't like intense, scary stuff. So, oh, so it was scary. It's a scary thing. And what's yeah. the runtime on it? Yeah, it's about six minutes. It's a short, you know, I'd okay. say like it's around so six, even six through sit through six more minutes. Well, right. Like, you know, she was like that. That was too much for me. And there was like one point where I knew, you know, I know the story, obviously. But this one thing when it happened, I was I felt in my body and unnerving and, not, you know, like a whoa, a chill. So I'm so it's effective as a drama. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. And I really love the premise. The premise is that an individual has created a crime. They murdered someone. That's it. I'm not going to say anything because if you watch it, then you watch it. So, yeah, that was a wonderful experience. Are we going to be able, is the public going to be able to get at it anytime soon? How, how, how would we watch it or the audience watch it? So I've encouraged him to enter it into some short categories of film festivals, which he started doing. And I know from experience that festivals don't really want it out in the public realm. Any, you know, like a festival of merit, they don't. Yeah, they don't want people to just be able to go to YouTube and watch it. They want people to come to the, the festival. festival. And watch it. Right, right, right. So, so, so he's we'll pulling see. it back. What? So he's holding back from public release while he sees if the festival circuit can get him any kind of right. yeah, accolades. Right. And, and he's um, he did this project. You know, he wants to launch a film company. <clears throat> In essence, he is launching a film company. Um, so, you know, I encourage him to do all the elements involved in that process, which film festivals is a part of that. So, yeah, you're happy with your work overall. Yeah. And film itself is, is you're happy with too. Stoked. Like it's just fuck. Yeah. Fucking stoked to be given such a gift as, to be a f- the featured player in this story. Got it. And, you know, like they're, like my kids were kind of grilling me a little bit about, you know, well, how do you feel, blah, 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 how are you feeling? You know, before we got there, afterwards. And as an artist, there's an element of trusting the feedback because my critical mind is like doubling down, tripling down. And, and so there's a part of me that's like, and the feedback I received was a plus. Yay. So, yeah. 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 And like I said, my own personal experience, like I, I was affected. My daughter was affected. So, uh, so it works. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. And what else have you got going as far as acting stuff? Anything in the hopper? Anything are you? I had a callback that I turned in a video for yesterday. Um, I found out I owe 200 bucks for the improv class I was taking at College of Marin, which surprised me because last time I went to their financial department expecting to pay money, they were like, no, you don't know anything. I was like, oh, maybe somehow something processed through that I'm not aware of and and then suddenly you got a bill. Yeah. <laughs> and, he thinks he owes this money. Send him an invoice. Right. And when uh, when I was thinking I owed money, last time I went to college and we're in, it was like, you know, 50, 60 bucks. So I wasn't expecting a $200 bill for one class. Yeah. Um, so by so one class, you don't mean one night, right? No, I mean like one semester. I took one class last semester. An improv. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, what grade did you get? Or how do you want to talk about what grade you got? The grades have not been released yet. Uh, but I got an A. I'm sure you did. You're I good did. on your feet. 
and we had papers to write. Like it was, it's a real college class. And I got all the points out of all the points on all four papers. It's great. That's uh, really awesome. Man. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, all right. And uh, what's the main way that you go about getting auditions? Casting board. So um, there's uh, what is it called? I don't know. It's Casting Networks Inc. They have an online board based in L.A. and San Francisco. So I just stay on that to the best of my ability. And I would say the best of my ability, I give myself a C minus. Mm. So you're submitting here and there and you have a reel and I don't quite have a reel yet. I have some video stuff, but um, like it's interesting because for rewind, I put um, it into IMDB and when I put myself as an acting role, it's like, are you sure this person hasn't acted for 30 fucking years? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, so I'm starting something brand new. Like I'm really at the beginning of attempting to create an acting career. Yeah, that's right. And that, that credit for, that you have for the film Money Tree. Yeah, 1992. <laughs> yeah, 30 years. Wow. The that's 1900s. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way. <laughs> when marijuana was illegal. <laughs> yeah, really illegal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, well, for those of us who, uh, for the people who are listening who have not seen The Money Tree, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, it was a, uh, an, a great movie, actually. I thought it was great. And uh, Greg plays an artist, right? Yeah, a painter. A painter. Out on Forbes Island, off the docks of Sausalito. Yeah, Forbes is still around, right? Or did it did it get sold off? And last time I saw it, it was a restaurant in the Fisherman's Wharf area. Oh. But I don't know if COVID fucked it up, or I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah, cool idea though. Someone built this floating bargy that's basically got an engine, but they built it out with all kinds of landscaping and cool, you know, housing and stuff on it. It's it's really cool. He built an Island and the house is underneath it under the water. And he kind of fabricated it off 20,000 leagues under the sea. Like it has that kind of vibe. If you ever saw that ancient, it was sort of a steampunk vibe before we called it steampunk. Kind of. Yeah. Like, Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. It was pretty badass. So on the island, it's just like a palm tree and sand and, you know, a little wooden dock. And you don't even know that it goes, that there's a house underneath it. All right. So you have to go down below decks into yeah. the depths. Yeah. And we, uh, we were able to secure that location via two cases of wine to Mr. Forbes. That's awesome. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. The heyday of art. Guerrilla filmmaking. Guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. God, I got some I got some filmmaking stories for a poor, broke, unknown old man. I could live off the steam of dreams for a while. Yeah. I think it's a uh, I think you're talented and I think it's a wonderful part of the adventure of the life that I've observed. And I love that you're still pursuing more and it, it, it shows with this latest film rewind that it's worth it to, to keep going. Um, you know, Colonel Sanders didn't start Kentucky fried chicken till he was in his mid fifties. So anything's possible. That's what I hear, including death and taxes. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, shit, there was something and now it's gone. So. See, caffeine isn't everything. No, but old age is. <laughs> it is. Oh, I know what it was. Did you ever see the documentary about Michael Jackson's 
show that he was in. This is it. This is it. Did you see that? Yeah. In fact, I was just talking about it today with my girlfriend. Oh, well. So do you recall when he was saying how he wanted to do this so his kids could see what he can do? That part I don't remember, but I did. I watched it twice when it came out, and it was really emotional to watch. Well, that obviously stuck with me. And I got to say, like after last Sunday and the Rewind premiere, I have this in my gut, like this cornerstone of knowledge that my kids now know what you're capable of, what I'm capable of, like that this fantasy of being an actor, it has some grounded merit to it. Right. It's a thing you can do if you can persist at it and you keep working. on it. Right. Right. Sometimes the success of it is the craft of executing. It's not always the big monetary success story that we hear about. It's actually being an artist who creates the work and then the work does what it does. Right. I know. Maybe I'll be the Vincent Van Gogh of the podcast acting realm. (laughs) I'll die. And 20 years later, the world will go, Hey, that was pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I especially loved Moped Outlaws episode 237. When when they, (laughs) they crash through the door of that strip club and they find out it's all trannies that want to kill them. Can I say the word tranny? Is that is that I a bad we can say tranny. No, in I fact, can say trans person. Yeah, in anyone fact, who's um, trans who's listening, if the word tranny was offensive, and um, to you, uh, may not to me. Be, yeah, but here's the thing: it may not be offensive to all transgender people. So, you individuals right. who are offended, feel free to give us a call. Five 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 one two one two. That's five 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 one two F U at one two. And hey, come on, now we're just pushing the fire, pushing yeah. the. Hey. I like how you said we there. <laughs> That's all the person I was. I made a mistake, and I was trying to actually kind of at, le- at least reduce the impact because, of course, it's Pride Month when we're talking right now, and you know, I- I'll just say it like. I worked with a client for six months who was transitioning and I haven't talked a lot about this, but you know, most of what I do is men's work. And so I had this client and they showed up and we had agreed to work together because there were some issues around avoidance and, and um, procrastination. But two weeks in this client and they were transitioning that they had decided to trans to, to translate transition their sexuality. And so I went from this one approach to becoming someone who helped and coached someone move through this challenging, somewhat change in their life. And it was, it was really rich and rewarding one to witness this person's courage and devotion to their ideal and themselves. And also to be, aware of the fact that I could shift and pivot and be someone who stood with them, who helped them develop the kinds of, you know, focus, determination and stalwartness and communication skills that would help them move through that. It, uh, <clears throat> I'm really, really grateful that I had the opportunity to give service to that human being. And it taught me a lot. So, um, were you aware that this individual had this in their realm when you first started working with them? No, when we first signed up, it was, there was no indication that that's what we we're going to end up working on. And then two weeks in, they dropped a bombshell. Wow. That's this is what's happening. And I was like, really? Wow. Okay. How do you feel about that? Like, is it presenting challenges in your marriage? Like what's going on? And yeah. it just went from there. Wow. So did the marriage stay together? Nope. Okay. So that did end the marriage, which mm-hmm. happens. Um, that is wild. That is wild. And yeah, um, what well, you said, you. Because I don't want to violate any confidentiality. Right. Right. No, we don't have to delve into that individual's life, but you said you learned a lot. What's. Uh, key, I don't know, chapter heading from your experience that you personally learned 
Like, how did your... Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's sort of reductive to try and encapsulate one thing. What I think would be the most illustrative or the best example was this thing that I embody with my clients to show up and meet them where they're at and trust in their inherent brilliance, their inherent capacity to actually be the source of their own growth and be the source of their own um, excellence. And then however that, whatever shape that takes stepping into the proper posture that supports that, that reinforces that and helps them create new habits that have them be able to sustain it without the coaching. Right. And from your intimate viewpoint on this journey, do you now have a better understanding of an individual who is going through the sex change process? Cause that's a very, yeah. So I learned about resources that, I didn't know existed for people who are transitioning. I learned about support groups that are online and, and different, you know, places that people can go and connect and talk about the challenges they're facing and get advice and, you know, how to, how to do makeup. And, you know, there was a whole bunch of things that felt scary to this person and, one of the foundational aspects of coaching and growth in general is this idea of moving through fear into the place that lays beyond it, which is so rich with that sense of life affirming, you know, um, energy where it's like, okay, fear shows up and desire shows up with it. And when you, to the extent you're able to move through the fear and navigate it without harming yourself or others, there's this rich experience that goes with it. And it doesn't really matter being, it, it, I mean, there's aspects of transitioning that are unique and that have very special kinds of danger. <laughs> like it's literally uh, life threatening to do in certain areas of the, of the, the world. But at the same time, it's this prime primordial sort of sense of, you know, when it comes down to it, when you really think it through and you get connected to a clarity about what it is you want to achieve with your life, you can do it. And that That's profound. Whatever shape that takes, that's profound. And to witness that devotion and that clarity and dedication and also facilitate when we naturally want to you know, kind of shrink back into our fears or, or we have something where someone was actually not nice to us and how do we deal with that and how do we stay centered and committed and, and not fall apart when we are, you know, degraded um, by people's lack of compassion. It, 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 there's a universality to that that's, that's awesome to witness and to facilitate and, uh, you know, uh, one other thing I learned is I do not ever want to go through hair laser removal. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is painful stuff. Really? Yeah. All right. So you're not going to hair laser your head? No. Well, my head wouldn't need it. <laughs> oh, really? Don't, I thought yeah. you have to shave your head, don't you? Still? Well, parts of it I shave, but other parts I don't. Right. So you're not going to laser. No, it's more likely there's there's some new um, Stelson patches, stem cell patches that I've heard of that I could actually finally have a, another head of hair. Like there's some plant-based stem cells patches that I've heard of that would actually restore the head on my the hair on my head. Hmm. So, but I'm happy with the a smooth head. I've yeah. I've come to like it. Plus, you know, one day they're going to remake the Adams Family, and I'm going to get to play Uncle Fester. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you know what they say: smooth head is a practice head. Wait a second. <laughs> um, so, but here's the thing: I do think joking is a sign of love. Teasing and joking is a sign of love, and. 
we're both well aware of the razor's edge of comedy. Um, but it's what I'm going back to is at the beginning of this conversation, you believe you made a mistake in saying tranny. And I would say that's not a mistake, generally speaking. There may be an individual that is affected by that word. And I hope they take responsibility for the way they feel. And we can take the responsibility for the consequences of our words. Agreed. And I tried to restore integrity right away when, when I realized that I had used a word that could cause harm. But, and not that that's something I should avoid or I should feel bad about or any of that, but just that like being conscious of how, how we use language um, can be very helpful to avoid causing others suffering. And there's a fine balance there because on the one hand, I don't want to live in a world where people are policing my language at a level that I feel restricted or impeded. And at another level, I feel just as a human being, like I want to be aware and ready to pivot around the use of language that I might have a blind spot around. Yeah, I guess um, it's interesting because the only word that I'm aware of in my vocabulary that I won't say is the N word. All other words kind of are okay with me. Tranny, banny, fofanny, panny, danny, cookanny, nanny, fanny, annie, ganny. Yeah. A tranny fanny can be quite handy. <laughs> do you have a pair of drumsticks in your hand? I do. Yeah. Let's see them. There they are. Play us a riff on the desk. Awesome. Are you picking up drums? Is that something you want to do? Well, uh, I guess the answer to that is yes, as is evident, evidential experience. But are you actually practicing and learning your rudiments or what, what's happening? No. No, but I've, I was a drummer at points in my life. Oh, I remember. I remember seeing you behind the kit and jamming with you. There you go. So You're not half bad. Thanks. You're really bad. <laughs> I wish I could argue with that. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was actually on. I'd like to do it again. In fact, the studio is available. It has, comes with a drum kit. So if you want to go up there and bang on some drums with me sometime, I, we could do that. Well, I'm, I'm considering putting a band together. And uh, nice. I would call it Chair. And our first release would be Rockin'. Rock and chair. And then there could be bar and chair bar. Bar and yeah. And anyway, but um <clears throat> that's kind of like the band my friend wants to put together, um called the Hot Flashes. Your friend sounds like they're feminine. Yes. Female. Um <laughs> I almost spit out my um, my nutrient drink there. Your mushroom juice. <laughs> it's not mushroom juice. This is just electrolytes. All right. <clears throat> so, how about you? What are you? Uh, are you working on your CD? I haven't done any work on my solo record in almost three months. Um, uh, I've been really, really working, focusing on business development, and then. Um, playing in this band called the upbeats, which is just, uh, just a cover band. But, uh, there is another, there's two more lumination gigs. Lumination is the reggae band that I have co-founded and with a lot of original music. And so we're doing, we're playing a festival called the Fairfax festival. And we're playing a gig at a place called Perry's in Fairfax. And that's going to be fun. That's in the month of June. And so I'm back in the rehearsal mode with that just to make sure that everything's and uh, that's fun. Um, is Jen playing both gigs? Yep, Jen's playing. Jen is our bass player, so she's wow. in both shows. Um, at the festival show, her band Generator plays, and then we follow Generator right after she plays. So she's going to get quite the workout. She's got right. her set to do, and then she's she's got our set to do. 
And uh, it'll be nice because once she sets up her gear, she can take a break during the changeover. She won't have to do anything. She won't have to set up her gear. Um, yeah. And it's funny because she's like, can we play that song I wrote in, in, in the set? And cause it's kind of, it's kind of like one of those things where Jen is a, is a songwriter and in Lumination, she hasn't had anything really that got put into the set. But last year when we did the festivals we did last year, we put her song in cause it's kind of a reggae song. And so she wanted, like, she was to us like, let's let's have that in the set and i was like yeah that sounds great and i um there was a little pushback from other factions in the band not legitimate resistance but just kind of like really like are we sure and it dawned on me that i was like well wait jen like you're gonna play that song in your set right so just do that (laughs) right not that we don't want to but you're already gonna play it right like it's part of her set She's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And I'm like, so, you know, um, and the sad thing is I like it. I like that song and I would like to jam with her on it, but she didn't say, why don't you sit in with me on my set? <laughs> that, that offer didn't happen, but we do have some special guests because our, our guitarist, Tim can't make the Fairfax festival show. So we have Tom Finch, who's an amazing oh, player. Wow. He's in um, Big Brother and the Holland Company and the Woolberries, you know, traveling Woolberries cover band. And um, Jim uh, Tally Up. Yep, he's Tally Up. Really okay. amazing guitar player. And so he's going to sit in with us and then have some other special guests. We have Charles Moselle, who is um, taking a break from his feature film. A production that he's working on, which is a story of his life, which is very interesting. Um, he took years traveling in Africa and using music as a way to create healing. And he, he did a lot of different programs, with different uh, tribes and communities there. And there's this whole life that he lived there and this whole impact that he made that a lot of people who live around him in the effects area just don't really know much about. And it's going to be a feature film. It's being probably going to be out on a major studio distribution and all that. And he's been busily working on that and he's breaking away on that to come play. And he, what I love about working with him is a great, great modality in terms of the way he puts notes together on the saxophone. But he also plays these really cool, different wood flute instruments and he's a um, really great throat singer and beatboxer, you know, but he combines it with beatboxing. So it's like, and I'm doing a terrible job of it, but it's really amazing to witness. He's a, it's really cool. Like, it's Is he going to do some of that in your show? I don't know. He usually just drops it in wherever he feels like it. I have no idea, but this version of Illumination is really Illumination All-Stars in a, in a way because <laughs> there's so many different members that are going to be part of the scene. And I love that. I love that it's going to be like, like I know Tom Finch is amazing and he probably could sit down and pick up all of Tim's parts, not too hard. But I don't know that he's going to. And I like that idea of him coming up with fresh Malak ideas just for this show. And because I'm particularly fond of jam band style and I'm not really in deep into like the note has to sound like the record. Right. I mean, there's some of that, which I think is, is good, but generally speaking, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the sonic possibilities that could come up. I'm glad we only have an hour and 15 minutes, but it's going to be fun. Well, yeah, you and, got uh, the Perry show, and that's going to be a full night. That'll be a full night, and we'll have a diff. We'll have the, the usual suspect for that. Oh, we, okay. we probably have Charles for that because he's been the guy we've been using on sax lately. And then we'll have Tim Mack and Jim Talley will be on keyboards for both shows. Oh, um, really? Jim, Jim wasn't originally going to do the Perry show, but he recently said he would. So, right. I'm looking forward to that. Very, very cool. And when is Perry's? June 24th. Okay. And uh, Fairfax Festival? That is June 10th. Ooh, next weekend. So you probably won't be hearing this uh, podcast before that. You'll have, it'll have already happened. So let me just say, it was awesome. That part <laughs> where we, we all improvised, amazing. <laughs> I like when you guys Ooh, came out and the time I did and no one suspected. <laughs> 
I like the reggae drag thing you did. Yeah. Reggae the, the drag. Part, the part where I uh, played that Frampton sound, the talk box over my solo on. Uh, that was wow, awesome. Wow. 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 Hey, what's uh do you know how the Rastafarians view transgender elements of life? God, I have, I wouldn't want to speak to that at all. I have no way of knowing everything I say about that would just be projection and supposition. Okay. I mean, I think if you look at indigenous cultures as a broader subject, there's a lot of information that shows that there were what they call two hearted people or, you know, yeah, people who, and, yeah. yeah. But that's, so I think anything that's grounded in natural phenomena, i.e. that's earth based as opposed to some kind of institutional religion probably has some way of accounting for it. And, you know, recognizing it in fact a lot of the indigenous understandings i have those 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 types of people you know somewhat different neurodivergent however you want to term it tended to have higher places spiritual places in in tribes because of their uniqueness they had insights into humanity that we that we normies didn't And Does is, Judaism uh, talk about it much? What? Do you know if there's anything in Judaism about it? I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know that it's even mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know much about Jewish mysticism, the Kabbalah. That I'm very unfamiliar with. Yeah, me too. So, um, what about the cover band? What's the name of that band? The Upbeats. Upbeats. Are you guys applying for any of the things, like the festivals that are around Marin? Well, our drummer was threatening to talk about to various club owners, but he was super shy about it. For whatever reason, he was like, oh, I don't want to approach them until blah, blah, blah. And we're like, dude, just get over yourself. Just ask, right? And recently, um, our the sister of our bass player started playing bass more, Tomas' sister. And so Tomas and I have started sharing more guitar. He's playing more guitar and keyboards. And she has a boyfriend who is like, oh, I'll book you guys. And so in the last three weeks, he's been anointed the official booking agent. Huh. We don't have much in the way of demos to share with people mm. we've been doing some videos at rehearse, but I haven't seen them and seen how they sound or how they look. My sense of an iPhone at rehearsal would not be very convincing to me as a club owner, I, but don't know. Right. Um, I think and there's, it could be. there's a club that was called Jerry's in Nevada that closed, that reopened. And I don't remember their, their new name right now. But I spoke to the waitress when I was there, and they gave me the skinny on how to approach their person who books the music there. And I haven't had time to go down on a Monday or Tuesday to, to um, meet with them and do that. But um, I'm going to go down and do that. Um, <clears throat> it's fun. I'll, the band's pretty good. You know, it's, there's it's nothing that I would sell at a high level, but I love doing it, and it's worth. They're worth bopping around to like if you if you're hanging out drinking wine or having a beer and there it's good music and it's all music you've heard before so i saw some openings at the fourth street fair you know where san rafael closes down fourth street for like four blocks on oh is that thursday like the, friday night oh so on thursday night what they're doing that again yeah they've been doing it for a while <laughs> I get shut down for COVID, but yeah. So I saw some TBAs on there. Yeah. We're, we're not in the running for those as far as I know. Yeah, but you could be. Well, from, yeah. Um, most booking is running 90 days out. Like most people already know 
who's playing when three months out. So I'd hit summer up. time is pretty much booked by this hit point. Up. No, that's not booked. Hit them up. Tell your booker. Check out the street festival in San Rafael. Thursday night. Right. And also second Fridays. They have a second Fridays and a Thursday. All right. Every I'll Tuesday. do that. Right on. Right on. You are the notes beneath my wings. And there's like the farmer's market on Sunday at the Civic Center. Oh, do they have live bands? Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, so that's what's happening musically. Um, yeah. How are things going with – hey, did you finish that book about business that you were reading? Which one? That was I'm the one several. about um, – There's one called The Prosperous Coach that I'm no, still reading reading no, through. This one was like about creating a business, you said, about – well, I must have finished it because what I'm reading is The Prosperous Coach. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, as far as interesting things, there's this book I'm in called Star Wars Legions. All right. And Star Wars Legions is a book about a project that happened where Lucasfilm picked a bunch of different artists to send blank stormtrooper, white blank stormtrooper helmets to, to paint. And then they, they created an exhibit and it was all, then they auctioned them off for charity. And I did one and it's in the book. Um, this is the one I did right here for those of you who. Well, that's awesome. Right. Cool. That's the one I did. And, and, you know, honestly, there's a bunch, much better stuff. Like the one I did, not as great. Like there were some really creative, like look at like the stuff that people did. Like that one's pretty awesome. Pretty badass. Yeah. 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 There's some great stuff in here. But I'm at to be in a book with my artwork. That's pretty cool. And yours is good, you know? Like, yeah. that was a very clever, clever yeah. choice. Yeah. Creative. I'm proud of my work. It made it. It's it's on par. It's in the book, right? But yeah. um, so that that was fun to see that come out because the, the actual exhibit was in 2016, 2015. So it was a long time ago. And then the book came out a few years back, but I hadn't. I hadn't heard that I'd made the, I wasn't told that I was in the book until recently. And so I bought the book and what's cool about it is it, the book comes, if you buy the book it, with the special deal, you get another blank stormtrooper helmet to, uh-huh. to do some other uh, artwork with. So I have another blank and I was All thinking, right. I've been thinking about, Oh, how would I do it now that I've seen what's possible? People carving it and adding things to it. What would I do next? And so I've just been letting that percolate. Like sometime this summer, I'll dive in and I'll do another one. We could have like as a sort of a element of our Blue Highways recordings of seeking the artists in the book and getting them to sign their page. Like you could oh. sign yours first as a beginning. and That's an interesting idea. Um, the names are here, but tracking down where they are, That'd be tricky. Like this is great. Like this one got two pages because it's stormtrooper and carbonate, like the right. oh, and carbonate, that's right? That's There's some great stuff in here. But of course, like I'm looking at it and it's it says Jay Schuster and Trooper and Carbonite. And well, it doesn't say where Jay Schuster is. But is like, there an index in the back with all the artists? Uh no. Nope. Well, that'd be part of the adventure is figuring out. Here, like, here's the Stormtrooper taco truck. Oh, that's badass. <laughs> that's fun. Tacos Imperia. Tacos Imperial. Imperial. Right. Uh, oh, God. And here's another one. It It's the um, it, it's an exploding design, right? And uh, It looks like... A, um, Oh, it's really? Like so, a, oh, and it's Darth underneath. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Reminded me of um, Hell. What was that? that Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. Yeah, and the, here's one that's kind of like Dio del Marsuertos. Right. Very cool. So yeah, that that was fun to to realize I was in that book because. And also going down to LA for the exhibit was fun too. Like a bunch of us got invited to bring our stuff down there. And I, you know, I probably could have done a better job of networking with those guys. It would have been fun to get everybody's name and address and be in contact with all those guys. But well, that'd be part of that. Like some people will be easy to find. Some will be hard. Do you have any contacts at Lucas or the, like, is there a, yeah, the art director on the book is someone I could, I know and he could probably get me some of them. See, see, so yeah. 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 All right. Well, one part of the thing we could do for the blue highways, maybe it, yeah. we'll see. It's all, LA would be a big part of who, where that stuff is. I'm sure who, where the people are, but it's also not, it's like all over like New York and like Chicago. He, he, the art director sent him out to the best artists he knew. All right. Then we got to, um, <laughs> we got to, uh, get very wealthy so we can take at least a year to get on mopeds and travel around to where we need to go to f- get these artists to sign the book. I love the idea of uh, like riding our mopeds to up onto a sailboat, get yeah. taking the sailboat to Hawaii yeah, <laughs> and riding around on Hawaii talking exactly. to people, exactly. talking about how, horrific the invasion and stealing of hawaiian land was Uh, you know i was thinking about that though there's an element like of the indigenous people of um, north america we don't know what brought them to this parcel of land um continue that thought greg Okay. Where's that going? It's going to, like, I'm not for stealing and killing and raping and pillaging and mastery over another individual. Um, but I was thinking of just from a very migration viewpoint of people leaving one place and looking for a better place to live. That could be the impetus that brought people here in the first place. Well, there so, were Indian wars where they fought for e- fought each other for territory. I mean that that that's real, right? That. Right, we, right. But what I'm saying is to say this is our land. Well, I don't think that's relevant. It is our land if you're not for you to say what it's not for you to say whether indigenous people's claims to the land is valid or not. It actually is. I've been put in charge. Everyone's You've been going to be free. arbiter of, of historical relevance for cultural territories. That's okay. what I'm saying. That's what wow. I'm saying. Historical relevance. Like we know that people migrated over the Bering Strait when it was frozen over, while we have a good hypothesis that that's real. Right. Like, we don't, the original... They also migrated up from South America. They also migrated out of the womb of the snake. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Origins, origins, originator stories. Like, we don't know the origination so let it go. Let go of ownership of origin. Because we can't don't know. stand with you there. I can't stand with you there. I'm not, yeah, not going to die on that hill with you. I can I wait think... here in the truth until you catch up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, white man. <laughs> Everyone's going you know, to be I think your point. I think your point is well taken at a certain level. Like, I get it. Like, right? It's kind of like saying the Jews were slaves in Africa, right? Like there's like, well, how do we know? Right. So, um, but I don't want to be what if or how do we knowing um, into a corner um, that's already populated with trannies with pitchforks and knives who want to kill us. Let them in. (laughs) 
I think we can do better than that. I think we've set a standard for ourselves that re- is reflective of us doing better than that. And uh, you know, like, that's part um, of the challenge. Having the I conversations. Like standards to be underwater vehicles. Substandard. Sub- submarine mopeds. Substandards. <laughs> Substandards. <laughs> Oh my God. You're hilarious. Um, you always take it to the depths. It never fails. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> Your father. I am. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, um, do you know that 10 CC album? How dare you? No, I know who 10CC is, but I I don't know that album. That's yeah, a very excellent album. Yeah. Don't wonder uh, how they got their name. Um, I think 10CCs is the weight measurement that when a person dies, supposedly their body shifts 10CCs. Of, oh, that's the weight of the spirit that leaves the body? Right. Well, 10 cc's is a measurement of volume. It's not a measurement of weight. Right. Well, good point. Yeah. Maybe I it's the amount of I had heroin. That it was, right, or, or speed, liquid speed that you would inject. Like, I don't know. Because <clears throat> they definitely have that vibe. Like, maybe the, the hippie era of speed speedball bands. Which I guess grew up to be punk bands. 10 cubic centimeters, a volume of semen that was more than the average amount ejaculated, thus emphasizing their potency or prowess. Oh, wow. So it was, (laughs) neither of us knew what it was, and it was way more shocking and interesting than we thought. And I just imagine, like, the plaster casters, remember them? Do you remember them? Oh, yeah, of course. So that, those of you who don't know, those were a group of women who went around and took plaster casts of all the great rock star penises. They so I'm crazy. guessing that the plaster casters helped name 10CD, given that that's the definition. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, sir. I think, I think that's a good spot to leave it. We've, we went down as far as we could. Through the subterfuge and ended with, you know, the plastic. I don't know if going down and talking about semen should be in the same sentence. Recording stopped.